Yo, what is good, everyone? It's your boy Brando, aka Schools, back with another mini episode, filler episode. Joined again another week by my dog, Big Shot Rob. Going on. Joining me, bro. Uh, Obviously, Uh, plus joining you, man. Another week, another with me and uh, Big Shot Rob. Hopefully, next week or maybe even Friday, me and the uh, full crew might be back in doing the full show. But hey, you never know. Might see my boy Rob here in the future permanently. So. (laughs) Uh, all in all, Rob, last week, man, we talked, man, we kind of, you know, recapped the uh, the Orange Bowl, everything going on. Uh, transfer Porter had two big pickups last week. Uh, basketballs were rolling going into their Maryland game. I mm-hmm. guess let's go ahead and start there first. My man over here is the basketballs wizard. He'd be talking, he has so many good takes. <laughs> uh, Tennessee went out there against Maryland. I think we had a, like, a crazy point lead up 20 points at one point or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the final scoreboards is a, a whole different game. But really, Tennessee went in there and dominated until the final minutes. I want to get your take on that. Tennessee obviously got the win in New York, but what was your uh, your big take from that game? So my big take from that game was um, being able to, to to get hit in the mouth and being able to respond. Because, you know, uh, first half they went up big. First half was 34-17. Second half they got outscored 36-22 and still won the game. I believe the last 11 minutes of the game, they only hit three shots, but all three of those shots that they hit were all three pointers. You had Tyree Key come off the uh, down screen, pop at the top of the key. You had a uh, uh, Mayshack in the corner, and then Zakai in the corner. I believe those are the last three. But you know, just just embracing the moment. You know, knowing that there is a tomorrow, so I can still play today. You know, it felt like a March atmosphere. It felt like you know. Final four elite eight game, but those are the kind of games you want early in the season, so you know how to handle it as you go down the season. Being able to play without a dude and without um, Triple J is it's not easy to do because those are two of your better defenders on the team, and you're still able to play good defense in the first half. Second half kind of went downhill, but I mean, essentially it was a home game for for Maryland. You know, they they withstood the crowd, they withstood the run, they withstood everything. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think they ever lost the lead. <laughs> they did. Oh, man. They, nah, yeah. they had the lead the entire game. You know what I mean? So, and, I mean, you can see that, you know, Julian Phillips kind of had an off night, you know, but, I mean, he's a freshman. What do you expect? Um, shot 52% from the free throw line. That is absolutely atrocious. <laughs> that is not Terrible, how you win basketball games. So, a combination of shooting 52% from the free throw line, blowing a 20-point lead, and then on top of that, <laughs> you still win the game. Chances are you don't win those games. But Tennessee found a way to get it done, man. And, hey, hats off to him. Rick Barnes know what he's doing. That's why he get paid millions and I don't. <laughs> hey, man, I, I thought it was cool how you mentioned, like, the early tournament games. Obviously, before the season, we had Gonzaga. We took off and uh, beat Kansas in the battle for Atlantis and then go up to Brooklyn, New York, and kind of, you know, get out with this one. Like yeah. you said, man, the free throw shooting was awful. But our field goal percentage shooting, man, 28.8%. Like, I think there was a stat. I forgot. I don't know. I right in front of me. But it was like, it's almost impossible to win like that. Yeah. But Tennessee's defense, man, like time and time again, like we said, have kept them in the game. And this was a game that they didn't get to match it for a full, you know, 40 minutes on the court. But, man, they did just enough. Uh, props to Maryland being one of the first teams in a while to score over 50 on us. That mm-hmm. was, you know, defense still played lights out and definitely won us that game. Uh, Julian Phillips, yeah, he had an off night. But like you said, man, we did this shit without Triple J. And, you know, Adu, Adu had his little flu game, was on the mask on the court. And, and Vascovi's hurt. He's not 100 Yeah, exactly, man. And he still went out there and, you know, played some minutes. So I thought that yeah. was great. Uh, Zakai, that that knocked down three right in dude's mouth. That told me right right, right then and there that this team was winning that ball game. Hey, that boy almost got ticked up after that, too. Oh, he did, man, because he was talking. Hey, he, and I know bro, he, he was talking about that. dirty to him, bro. He was talking dirty. I mean, and they, I mean, I love it. You know, I do. But at the end of the day, you got to be able to control your emotions and, and let your game do your talking because later on in the season, that can cost your team. I can guarantee you if this was actually March, Zakai Ziegler would have got ticked up. 100% would have got ticked up. Because that's one thing they're not going to play. When you get to the playoffs and stuff get chippy, they don't want that. It's early in the season, so, you know, they kind of let it slide. But as they get down the road, he's going to have to chill out with that, man, because they are 100% going to take him up. Referees watch other games and see how players are. Oh, I got yeah, Tennessee sure, this weekend? Sure. Let me go watch that game from last week. Oh, 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 that look, that kid right there? Oh, yeah, I'm on him. That's what referees do. I know that for a fact simply because I have friends that referee, and I used to referee. When you got a kid that's that's a high head, you just automatically <laughs> ready for him. Like, hey, you, you know, you, you ain't getting no warnings with me. I ain't dealing with it tonight. 
you know. So he's gonna have to keep that under control, but I'm sure he will. Rick Barnes got in his tail, it looked like so. Yeah. I want to go ahead and throw it out there. If anyone is watching, you know, want to speak, I DM the Vols ATB page. I'll send you the link. We can hop on and, you know, take some questions on top of that. But, Rob, looking at this box score, man, we only had one player that had double-digit points, and that was Akai Ziegler with 12. Mm-hmm. But to mention, like, our down-low game, obviously Julian Phillips didn't have his best game. That's okay as a freshman. Being right. without Adu, uh, Euros only had 14 minutes and two points. It was kind of, you know, questionable with him. I want to give a shout out to Olivier, man. That man played 35 minutes. And yeah, he only had eight points. He had nine boards, though, and uh, three mm-hmm. assists. But man, to go down there, step up, you know, 35 minutes playing on the court, that's not easy, especially someone coming off an injury. Hasn't had, you know, the brightest, you know, coming off the pick down low game. But man, he did enough to get the balls a W. And that allowed the guys to play overall. An overall team win, man. I can't describe it more than that. Um, obviously, I had to knock on wood because I was talking in group chats, like saying, like, a team two years ago, you know, in a close game like this, they would have rallied back. Loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have rallied back. But you kind of you kind of reassured me, man, that this is like one of those, you know, tournament prep games. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna see yeah. that a lot down the road. We got another mm-hmm. one coming up against Arizona. But man, like this game obviously we came out with the win 56-53. But watching that game, like I think there's a lot of things to fix, but there's a lot of things to be happy about as well. Absolutely, man. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who the MVP is for me. And uh, don't get me wrong, it's a guy Ziegler. He played a great game. He was tough all night. You know, he was talking that cash, getting in players' head. But Tobey Awaka Tobe, was yeah. the MVP of that basketball oh, game. Looking he at only it. played 17 minutes, but he shot three for six, one for two from the free throw line. My man's had eight rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block, only one foul. And he's a very physical guy and extremely physical. So oh, imagine yeah. being that size, that big, that strong. That fool does not look like he just reclassed and came to college. He looks oh, like yeah. a grown man already. You know what I'm saying? Um, but as a true freshman, to be able to do that, stay out of foul trouble and, you know, just step up and help your team out, man, you you can't ask for a better a better start, a, a better a better player, man. Like, you can see it, like. These guys are genuinely happy for each other. They love each other. Anytime someone do, does something good, anytime someone's on the ground, everyone's running to them, pick them up, man. This team, the good thing is the defense is what's keeping them alive. Once they figure out offensively how to, you know, withstand and sustain good runs, man, this team will be unbeatable. They can go as, you know, as far as they want to go, but you can't have a, a, a bad shoot night because if you have a bad shoot night in March – Best could be going one for you know seven or whatever it was, and you shooting twenty eight percent, you know five for thirty something from the three point line. It's just not you're not gonna win that late. You're not going yeah, to. Sure. So, but it's early. It's early in the yeah. season, but should be the, fine. The, the whole Toby thing, man. That's someone like true freshman coming into a game. Obviously, a late pickup last year. Like coming into the game, you'd expect him to have jitters, man. But he really came in there and played his role, played it real. And like even Rick Barnes said, like, he earned himself a lot of minutes, man. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for him and Sakai to go kind of home, back into Brooklyn, back in New York, <laughs> up north, get that W. Uh, yeah. the, the environment was crazy. Those Maryland fans were. They were pretty loud. So oh, even yeah. though I knew, like, was there was, like, it's compared to, like, condensed, like it would be in rough. Like, the noise was just going crazy, mm-hmm. how they were rallying there. Uh, and he, like NBA. we said, a, a pass team, man, doesn't come out with the win in that game. So, Obviously, a huge W. Uh, got a lot to look forward to. Got to go play Arizona again. I know Arizona person is probably looking forward to this game after last year. Uh, this, man, so I, th- I think this definitely matches up well. Who's going to be healthy? Who's not? Uh, this game is going to be tough, man. But if that defense shows up, we've, we've seen it all. It's time to go put it on the court. Like, we can compete with anybody. Well, you got to realize Arizona is the number one team in the country as far as um, – Fast offense, fast pace, getting shots up. Like they are a run and gun team. So since he's gonna have to be ready to 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 play that game, um, it's it's kind of hard when you playing so many different teams because you have to adjust each game that you play. Like Maryland is a little bit of a you know a big team. They want they they want to play you half court. You know they want to push the ball, but they also can bang with you as well. So it's a little bit of a slow paced game. Maryland wants to slow the game down. Arizona wants to speed the game up extremely fast that's what they want to do so you know coming off of playing sunday we're playing a super slow paced game versus coming this saturday you can have to be ready to go ready to run but you 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 have to stay true within yourself that's where a a lot of kids mess up man you know they they try to oh i gotta go match for match you don't have to go match for match play your game stay within yourself and you'll be all right 
No, for sure, man. For sure. Uh, yeah, one to definitely look forward to. I wonder what happens when we do slow down our offense. It's going to be interesting to see how Arizona responds and how we want to respond to the speed of it. Just, you know, transition offense has kind of been kind of sloppy. So, want to see that kind of get cleaned up. Definitely has to against a team like Arizona, man. I think yeah. that is going to be the number six versus the number nine team in the country. I think he definitely got to see it in our guard play come alive, have some leadership up there, uh, especially down low, man. See the see the status of, you know, Jonas Adu. Hopefully he's healthy to play in that game. Yeah. And uh, all in all, a big one this Saturday, man. Going to be a, a really huge game. I think that, you know, if Tennessee can, you know, win this game. I think today they were uh, projected as a second seed in the way too early battle due to tournament ranking. So a number two seed, man, that's just – can't really ask for much better right now yeah man they're playing good they 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 deserve that you know i think that once again that colorado game humbled them oh, gave yeah, them a piece so. of pie that they didn't want you know what i mean they, they got they got that that piece of humble pie and it didn't taste good at all you got embarrassed at home <laughs> in front of your fans at a home game oh it was in nashville it was a neutral site no it wasn't it was a home game for tennessee it was in nashville <laughs> that place was full of orange colorado barely had anybody and you got your tails whipped and they've learned from it. But that's what matters, man. As long as you learn from it, you get better and you don't make the same mistake twice. It's all that matters, man. Life is all about lessons. It's how you react to it. It's how you adjust to it. It's how you improve from it. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure, man. And then, like, get this one under your resume. Obviously, you got Maryland, Kansas. You had Arizona to that. Going, going in just into SEC play, really can't start off better than that, man. Obviously, you got to go play. Uh, we've learned from, you know, Colorado and Bridgestone. I've learned from seeing that, like, if they don't show up, if you don't show up to play, something's going to come out there and take advantage. Someone's going to eventually get hot. So it's going to yeah. be, you know, interesting to see. Obviously, what mm-hmm. we talk about now, like college basketball, it's a whole different aspect, man. These teams will, will light up in a hurry. Uh, who do you think has to step up most in that game for the ball? So it depends on, you know, if if a dude's playing, depends on Josiah Jordan James playing, depends on how Vescovy is feeling. But if I had to just, you know, take a name off top and say they have to have a good game, it's going to be Zakai Ziegler every single game. Every single yeah, game, I'm going to choose Ziegler simply because they don't have a true ball handler. You got one of the best shooters and you got two of the best shooters in the country on your team in Vescovy and Tyree Key and Tyree Key's playing point guard, something he's not really that comfortable doing. You know, if, if you if you see the game Saturday when he came off that down screen off the top of the key and he he knew he was going to shoot that. If you watch that play again, he was like, I don't care what happens when I catch this ball, I'm turning and I'm shooting. That's what he wants to do. But, you know, I understand they don't have ball handlers, you know, so he has to handle the ball. But. If if Barnes is able to find a way for someone else to handle the ball when Zakai is not on the floor, Tyree Key will be the X factor to them making a deep run in March. In my opinion, one of these games he's gonna come out and just have a thirty piece. I just feel it. I like honestly, I feel it. Like one of these days, it's gonna oh, happen. it's gonna have to happen, man. He's gonna get that show where he's going from three. Yeah, that that, that key for three thing, man. I think it's only at its surface. Um, definitely gonna have to be him that steps up, man, just because of the whole rotation. Health-wise, you know, security-wise, consistency, mm-hmm. need that to happen, especially for him to kind of play off of that transfer job. You know, obviously a different roster that we could have, but this this one right here, man, I think overall, like, it has all the tools. So a big one this week, definitely, you know, another uh, tournament-ready game, like my boy Rob likes to say, man. They've been shining, uh, expecting, you know, a good outcome for us in that one. Moving on, I guess, you know, go ahead and touch into the football things. Before we uh, talk any football, any college football, Obviously, any Mississippi State fans, like I know a couple of my friends that are State fans that listen to the show, you know, my condolences to y'all, uh, the family of Coach Leach, everybody involved. Uh, obviously, rest in peace, Coach Leach, Mike Leach. What a hell of a coach, man, special guy. One of the funniest guys, but one of the most uniquely smart coaches on the field. Obviously, uh, we wouldn't be, you know, having Josh Heupel right now if things it didn't play out in life. If it wasn't mm-hmm. for Mike Leach, uh, Josh Heupel's offense would not have the wrinkles it has in the air raid sequence if it wasn't for Leach. And, you know, he changed the game for decades and it's still not, you know, been able to be stopped. And you're seeing that happen now with, you know, Heupel and everyone else. So a guy that's, you know, changed the game forever, but an even better human being. So my yeah. friends that are listening, man, I know y'all are going through it. Obviously, the Arnett was promoted. That's going to be a, a big, big thing to kind of, you know, have on your shoulder and go into the bowl game and next season as a program. man. I think he truly did change Mississippi State for the best. But anyone he touched in life, man, like he would even – homeless people, someone that just treats a person like a person. So definitely uh, whenever someone like that is, you know, gone, 
leaves us earth. It's obviously a sad day on earth. Yeah, man, it is, man. My condolences to that entire fan base, family, friends, loved ones, everything, man. When you lose someone like that unexpectedly, it's it's tough to deal with, man. It's tough. Um, I've had losses in my life too, you know, coaches as well. So I know what it feels like, man. But um, at the end of the day, I I pray that his his, his family and friends. All right. I pray that each and every one of them just, you know, come with peace. Come to peace, man, because it's, it's, it's not easy, man. But he's resting in a better place. No more pain, no more suffering. And he's watching over, man. He's watching over. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a crazy few days. Everything that happened. Just a, yeah. one of the saddest things. First time I've ever seen it in my lifetime. So uh, obviously going to be a, a, a dark cloud over a lot of sports fans when they think about that. Yeah, man. Um, going into the Vols related stuff, man, I guess the biggest thing the last few days for the last week since the last time we talked will probably be our bowl game opt-outs. Uh, first, you had, you know, Cedric Tillman announced that he was opting out and, you know, getting healthy for the NFL draft. Obviously, that one was not surprising just with his overall health. Um, the next two, you know, were kind of 50-50, just kind of seeing which way they were going to swing. Darnell Wright accepted his, you know, bid to the senior bowl. That's likely an indicator that he might, you know, be testing the draft getting out there. Uh, and then Jalen Hyatt today, the Budnikoff Award winner for the Vols, announcing today that he's going to forego and go to the uh, NFL draft and not play in the Orange Bowl. So three three huge keys, uh, the three possibilities for Tennessee on the table to kind of see what guys are going to do, the major factors, uh, 0 for 3. So definitely some big, big shoes to fill. Rob, your kind of takeaway going into the Orange Bowl, uh, who you got like stepping up, people stepping up, what the team kind of shifts to with those departures? Um, I, f- I feel like Josh Hype was known for a while that this was going to happen. I mean, let's be honest here. There's no reason for Tillman to play. There's no reason for Hyde to play. Uh, I mean, Darnell really ain't got a reason. Darnell proved himself against, you know, some of the top linemen, defensive linemen in the country. Darnell ain't got oh, a yeah, reason sure. to play either, but I think he just he just wants to play. So Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but as far as stepping up, man, on the offensive side of the ball, I believe uh, the offensive line has to um, rally this team because you're missing your skill oh, players, sure. you're missing your quarterback, and I feel like the offensive line is 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 the one group that's not really dropping bodies, you know, the way that you know the the, the rest of the team is. I feel like they have to get this team rolling, assert their dominance, and run the football, man. We create holes for the running backs, let them do their thing, get through. Squirrel White has to step up. Yeah. Um, Ramel Keaton, I already know he's going to step up. He's done it all season. Oh, if yeah, I'm being completely true. honest with you, the offense really looked better with, with, with Tillman out simply because Hooker didn't have a blanket to throw to. Hooker, you know, he <laughs> anytime he got the riff at Tillman, he's going to throw it at Tillman. So I think Tillman being out kind of helped the offense a little bit more simply because he was able to scan the entire field and look everywhere. Um, if Joe Milton has improved, which I think he has, um, it's going to be good weather. It's not going to be raining. So I don't, I don't see any overthrows. I see some, some good long shots. I see some, some good, uh, balls over the middle. That's probably his best ball that he throws is over the middle. It's, it's a, a, a laser, a rocket. Um, square wise going to catch whatever you throw him. If you overthrow him, uh, I don't know what to tell you, but <laughs> oh man, he gonna win. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it, it should be good though, man. I I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be be all right. I think the defense will come ready to play as well, simply based off the fact of you know they got embarrassed a few weeks ago and yeah they came back and smacked Vandy, but Vandy sucks. Vandy's yeah, horrible. that's true. Vandy's very, awful. Very true. They're they're not good. So I think they got a point to prove. And you also got to realize Tennessee hasn't been here in a very long time. Very long time. So if they're not motivated to play this football game, then I don't know what to tell you. Clemson might not be as motivated to play it because they're no, they're normally in the playoffs. They have been for the last few years. So this is just another one of those games like, oh, yeah, here we go. We're going to play. But they'll be ready to play. I, th- I think they'll be ready to play. They might <clears throat> come out nonchalant, but they'll be ready to play. But I think this this will suit up very well for Tennessee to, to win this football game, especially, you know, you got all your uh, – your, your newcomers coming in got like a, what is it 12 to like 15 yeah, players 15 who's, right who's coming in who'll be at bowl practice friday you know what i mean they get to go to the game and get the experience like that'll be cool they can't play um but they get to go to the game and be there and you know see what it's like man so i, th- I think it's just it's just a lot of juice around tennessee right now man so every sport is just they they create juice for one another like baseball created juice 
basketball created juice, football's creating sure. juice. Like sure, sure. every single sport is creating juice for every other sport. So I feel like each and every Tennessee team on campus right now should come out ready to play, man, because it's just a great, great time to be Tennessee ball, man. Great time. No, yeah, I definitely agree with your statement. We talked about it last week, too, how this game just probably does mean more to Tennessee just for, you know, where where we have been and where we are right now and, you know, Clemson, where they're used to being, where they are right now. But I also think, you know, the location factor, like you said, is going to be a beautiful day, beautiful night yeah. in South Beach, yeah. a coming home party for Missy and Joe Milton. I agree the offensive line definitely has to step up with Darnell not, you know, allowing a sack. Uh, Jerome Carvin's definitely, you know, the leader there. And then, man, it's kind of hard to, you know, come in and, you know, replicate Jalen Hyatt, man. But that guy's going out on a fairy tale ending, 108 receptions, 1,769 yards and 19 touchdowns as of all, man. So absolutely crazy. Uh, you know, this year is thinking that he, it could be his year. He's going to be the guy to step up. Cedric went down. Jalen, you know, obviously the five touchdowns against Bama, breaking the all-time receiving yards record at Tennessee. That's going to be one hard to, you know, hard to replicate. But when it comes to speed, we are set. We got a score of white. I think Bama kind of forgot about that. They were kind of celebrating today with Jalen announced, not knowing that we got someone faster and just getting started here. So I definitely agree with you on the squirrel part. Uh, Ramel Keaton, man, that guy's a dog. He's going to go out there and get it. And then Brew McCoy, he's going to go out there and play, you know, just lights out anyway. I agree with you. Like, whenever Cedric got the ball, I feel like every other receiver, they get the ball in their hands and they, they still go forward. They just keep going forward. Like, you know, Cedric catch the ball, stop it, go to the next play, hurry up offense. Yeah, we ran our tempo, but I don't think we got all the yards that we could have got. You know, like, you know, mm -hmm. I agree with you. So having that kind of mixture in, man, if we can get the run game going, I think Clemson has two opt-outs right now, one defensive lineman and a linebacker. So, uh opt-outs are coming from their side as well, but obviously more important players on our end, man. Just mm. going to be a crazy one, but I definitely think all in all, man, South Beach, it's not going to get any better, man. Like, we're going to close out strong. And you saw today you mentioned the early enrollees coming in, man. Like, we're, we're closing out this class with yeah. perfection, man. It's crazy. Number nine now. Number yeah. nine now. So, yeah. So today, number nine on the 24-7 uh, sports composite ranking, okay? Uh, Tennessee getting the commitment, obviously, from the Smyrna, Tennessee native, four-star linebacker, Arian Carter, picking Tennessee over Alabama and Ohio what about State. gave me a damn heart attack where he's playing with them hats, man. I'm like, man. Bro, I know you lying. <laughs> I was like, it was weird to me because, like, bro was, like, touching with his left hand and, like, reaching in the thing with his right and was, like, just messing around. Like, he obviously knew he was going to grab a hat out the bag the whole time. That was but, smart man. of him, though, man, because the Tennessee hat didn't – Tennessee hat looked like – that he had on the table looked like it was never worn. And then the yeah. Alabama hat, you could tell that it was worn. That's was normally a telltale sign on who they're going to pick. But I yeah. think he did that on purpose because he knew and he he knows. Because he was he was pretty silent about his recruitment, you know, until the very, very end. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I mean, like, let's let's talk about that, actually. You know, obviously the hats, everyone wants to pay attention to the hats. But let's go in depth with it, man. This guy, you know, a couple weeks ago was committed as a running back to Memphis, uh, reopened his commitment or recruitment. Alabama was on him first. Alabama was, you know, there, you know, the same week they had him, you know, on campus visiting mm -hmm. Nick Saban, talking to him, telling him he's a priority. Tennessee, you know, being a couple days late to that offer, obviously the Tennessee native, uh, ended up being teammates, Caleb Herring, you know, uh, Nathan Robinson, a bunch of other guys, the state guys, uh, Nate Spillman. So obviously the connection there in Tennessee. Uh, like you said, this guy was, you know, a heavy Bama lean leading up to about the last week or two. Obviously, a lot of a lot of motion was there after his unofficial visit when Tennessee got him on campus. Tennessee got him on campus for his official. And then after, you know, Alabama went in with Nick Saban, Tennessee went in with Josh Heupel. And I think, Rob, that's what's kind of closed the deal in the last 48 hours of that, because even though Josh Heupel went out there and closed that visit, I think this was one of those recruitments that you don't see a lot in college football anymore. It was really down to the wire. Uh, this one was, you know, rumors that, you know, Arian Carter was getting texted and called that he had switched back to, you know, being a Bama lean just 24 hours before he announced and then, you know, went back with the Vols, uh, Alabama getting their NIL collective and everyone on the phone call that they were allowed to have. And it was just kind of crazy seeing uh, that kind of recruiting battle, Tennessee being in that again, especially for an in-state prospect. All in all, Tennessee comes out, gets the commitment doesn't matter if Alabama's defensive coordinator is trying to get into the kid's school. Doesn't matter how many times he calls, voicemails. Uh, I don't think that guy should be around a high school. But obviously to have all that going on, Bama begging on their hands and knees, and he still picks Tennessee, 
Rob, what was your takeaway from this this huge commitment for the Vols defense? Man, it was huge because so I was when he committed, I was actually listening to Swain's show and um <clears throat> they got him on. Awesome Price came on and, and Arian Carter came on and if we're being honest, Arian Carter basically his exact words, not verbatim, but basically what he said was if it wasn't for Josh Hyper, I'd be at Alabama. That's pretty much what he said. Josh Hypo took over his recruitment and built a very, very strong relationship with him and made him feel like a priority, made him feel like he really wanted him, needed him, family, everything, whatever whatever the case may be. Coach Hype gave him every single feeling that he needed and that he wanted, and he closed the deal. So for all these, you know, UCF buttheads who swear Josh Hypo can't recruit, you proof is in the pudding bro. right there, man. Proof man. is in the pudding right there, man. He lit – Arian Carter literally – Essentially, he he admitted that he wouldn't have picked Tennessee if it wasn't for Josh Heupel. So a lot of credit to Josh Heupel there, man, because it's it's not normal for a head coach to take over recruitment like that. And it's also very very hard to tell Nick Saban no, mm-hmm. very hard. So I Josh Heupel, well, I mean, he already had my respect, but Josh Heupel did his thing on there because he 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 out recruited Nick Saban, and that's not oh, something yeah. you're gonna do. Ten times out of ten, you're not gonna win that, <laughs> man. So, like, I thought that was kind of crazy because, obviously, uh, Tennessee went in home last. They went in – Jahaipa went in after saving. But Bama, the day after, was able to have that last phone call with him, that last, you know, in-house little talk-to-talk, you know, getting the collective one. It was like an all-in-all huge operation for Bama to, you know, go in here and, you know, close this one out and make sure they had this thing secured. And it just kept on trending for the Vols, man. Having, you know, Pete Golding showing up in Smyrna, Tennessee, at Smyrna High School, like – you wouldn't you wouldn't hear that for any other prospect, man. Like they're not coming out here all the way to Tennessee after an in-home visit, staying in the state for an extra two days for you know one commitment, making sure they try to close this one out. And my boy uh Caleb Heron Vols commit edge rusher from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He was, you know, with Arian Carter today during his commitment. They're watching it live. And he said the direct quote to Pete Golden whenever he was calling him and asking uh to come to the school today. Uh, no, sir. Thank you for recruiting me. And th- that was the last, you know, words. So this is like, no, sir. Uh, don't come in. Thank you for recruiting me. And man, like to see like Austin Price, you know, credit to Austin Price of all quests on on three, you know, saying that, you know, Golden was, you know, asking to come into the school and, you know, Carter and his family said, nah, no, thanks. Uh, this one's over. Like, thank you for your time. But, you know, we're done. Yeah. Seeing him put on that orange hat, man. A, a huge, huge lockdown for the state, man. This is a class where, you know, we talked about for years. You got to go down there and lock down the state. Tennessee did that this year with the, the top players in the state, and it's, you know, arguably not even close, man. I think all, actually Arian uh, got a bump on the 24-7 sports, you know, composite. I think he's up to like the 14th linebacker in the country and a top 200 player. So, I mean, already rising, man. And, you know, if he committed to Bama, that Bama bump would have been crazy, right? He'd probably be a five-star. That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> it's crazy. So, I think on 247 Sports, I think it's the first 35 are all five-stars, 35 players. Yeah. They got Cameron Seldon at 36. <laughs> <laughs> He's at 36. I'm like, all right, bro. Cool. All right. Also, so when I, I actually looked on the website and – so when you look at the recruiting rankings, like recruiting class for 247, it still shows that Nico is like the number four player in the country, and it shows that Damian Hobbs is like the number 51 player in the country. He hasn't updated that he's 20 and Nico is number two on the actual site. Yeah. Well, like yeah. on the site it is, but not in the recruiting ranking section. So once they fix that, Tennessee might jump up again, unless I'm just reading it wrong and it's just how it is, but I don't know. Man, I don't know, man. The composite, the actual ranking, everything's messed up. I know that David got his fifth star the other day, making him yeah, a, he's a number full 20. on. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a full on composite five star now on twenty four seven and on three. So obviously, we kind of knew that. But all for you stargazers that did comment under his commitment post saying, "Oh, he's a four star. He's not a five star." No, Tennessee has up to three five stars in this class, and arguably could have four or five if you really look at it with Ethan Davis and Caleb Heron being on the outside looking in as well, and and Cameron Sutton, man, like. If this class ends He's up one outside, spot away from being yeah, a five star, yeah, one so spot. If this class somehow you know ends up out of the top ten, I still think this is one of the best classes for Tennessee because they got everything they needed. They went D line, edge, and linebacker, and, and corner heavy. They got everything they needed on the defensive side. You got your program changing quarterback. You got a, a rising star and Nathan Leacock, who you know was you know an unheard of, unranked wide receiver when you took his commitment. Now he's a top two hundred prospect, four star wide receiver. 
And then, you know, the late additions of Khalifa Keith and, you know, Cameron Selden still being able to play running back as well, man. I think all in all, like Tennessee is putting their uh, pieces of the puzzle together, man. This class is shaping up to be like one of the best, most underrated, in my opinion. Any other year, this class is probably top five. Oh, for sure. I'm being honest, if this is last year or if this was 2024 class, this class is 100% a top five recruiting class. It's just this this 23 uh, cycle, these kids are – these classes are loaded, wow, man. bro. It's talent everywhere. This is, this is one of the best classes that I've seen in quite a while because any other year, this Tennessee recruiting class is 100% top five. So, you know, kudos to everybody out there recruiting, man. Love it. Sets up well for college football, man. Good football coming in the next couple of years. Yeah. So uh, Arian also mentioned on the post that, you know, Bama, they were going to try to you know, make, make a final push late after that. Um, he's not, you know, taking any more phone calls. Arian's getting in the car tomorrow morning, heading up to Knoxville, rolling into class and getting on campus. He'll be at practice in the first practice. So obviously Tennessee moving fast there. I think we have now that makes 16 early enrollees, man. And like you said, the bowl practices, absolutely, you know, Crazy. You're kind of seeing everybody all around. I've seen uh, Jack Luttrell and Nico all yeah. sign their uh, financial aid agreements. Mm-hmm. Everyone kind of seeing that, getting hype. You know, January 21st or no, December 21st. So December 21st starts the official uh, three-day period of signing day. This year it's a three-day period, I believe. But you're going to see a lot of ours on the 21st. It's kind of getting it over and done with, closing everything out. You might see some get edged out. But Tennessee, man, to get this kind of class in here early, not only did you do it, but you're securing it, getting them on campus, all signing their agreements. And, man, it's just all in all, you look at the names, like we already mentioned, Caleb Heron, Ethan Davis, but, you know, Jordan Matthews, Ricky Gibson, Jalen Smith, and Jeremiah T. Lander, who were two of the top linebackers in the state of Georgia this year, man. Sylvester's going to be really good, too. Sylvester Smith, exactly, man. John Slaughter, who was, you know, Mr. 6A Mississippi football, like, I think all in all, man, like everyone that we've recruited has like some kind of achievement. This staff loves production, even at the high school level. And if they bring that on the field here, man, like no matter what, if they didn't get the bump that we thought they would have, like we know what kind of prospects we're getting under high school. And if they can make mm-hmm. them like some good coaching, man, like these kids, these kids are going to work. So huge class, uh, obviously a lot to look forward to. You know, that also leads into what we talked about with the Orange Bowl. After that game, impressing more, you know, recruits, but that also leads into the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week when we were on the show, we got Larry Johnson, the commitment, live on the show, breaking news. We had the uh, the tight end commitment from uh, UC Davis and the Indiana kicker, Charles Campbell. Uh, obviously been quiet ever since. I think most of the recruits that Tennessee has kind of gone after have uh, been taking their first or second visit somewhere else and kind of, you know, go ahead and getting locked in, committing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of the used to thing, man. When a lot of a lot of these kids enter the portal, they kind of have an idea where they're going, where their top choice is going to be, but they'll still hear you out. Uh, a lot of the D line, I think Tennessee's being more precautious on their D line uh, portal recruiting than they are their offensive, just because they know offensive, like you need this best skill players, like defensive, they're kind of being picky and choosy. Yeah. Uh, offensively, you know, Dante Thornton from Oregon, still trying to get him in on a visit. Uh, the Kent State wide receiver. And then also uh, Ryan O'Keefe from UCF. Still all talks there, man. Defensively, Tennessee's kind of been striking out. Uh, you had the McCullough brothers commit to Oklahoma. Uh, Bars from Arizona committed to USC. Or, yeah, USC. So a lot of these guys, they have that kind of idea, Rob, where they're going to go. But, you know, Tennessee's still reaching out, making that contact. You would love Tennessee that, you know, kind of get involved early like these teams are. But they're, they're being smart. No tampering going on right now. And I think you're going to kind of see this go later into the portal where Tennessee gets more active. Man, it's tampering all over college football, man. You be a, you be a fool now. You, you no, be no, a fool no, to no, think no, that no one's know. doing it. You, so, you be but, a fool. Oh, Tennessee's not doing that? Okay. Believe that no, you, you know. want to. <laughs> no, no, you, know, you know. We know. Nah, man. Every every school is 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 unintentionally tampering. Be like, hey, Hendo, text your boy from Virginia Tech, man. Tell him to – Come up here, Hendo Texan. That's not technically that is yeah, not. It's not. You know, yeah, what players I mean? on so, players is not. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. For sure. So, so no, yeah. I, I agree with that for sure. And I, I ain't even trying to say that you know no tamper is going on. Let's be honest, like me. Yeah, come on. Yeah, it's funny, so, man. Man, so all in all, I think Tennessee's still. Uh, you know, Jalen Hyde officially entering. You kind of knew Cedric Tumble was gone. You had the idea that Jalen Hyde was gone. You had the idea, and I think all in all, Tennessee had these scenarios just in case boards. Um, they probably definitely looked out to it. I look at that Rhode Island offensive tackle transfer. I want mm-hmm. to see Tennessee kind of reach out to him. 
just a lot of guys, definitely a lot of skill guys on the offensive side of the ball to kind of fill in. But there's not many names in right now, man. I mean, I've been seeing like a, a lot of smoke on guys that haven't entered yet. But, you know, obviously guys that haven't entered the portal, like let's be honest, like we're not going to dive into that. So just a day-by-day process, man. We've seen it, though, with the last two pickups and the first two pickups. I mean, like it happens in a day. It can happen mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee, you know, deciding to move on from Elijah Davis. They can, you know, decide to go find a random another guy and take his commitment the same day. So you never know what name is going to pop up in the portal. And that's kind of why you have to be so quiet and like 50, 50 with it, because you never really know what's going to happen in the portal era of recruiting, bro, compared to that the is true. Like, it definitely feels like they're waiting on the right bodies to come in, man. Um, me personally, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a coach. I don't get paid millions to, yeah, you know, sure. recruit and do this and all that. But I mean, the number one Juco defensive lineman in the country wants to come to your school and uh, you turn them down. That's kind of tough. Especially when you need D linemen, you know what I mean. Um, but Tennessee has their reasons. They ain't no telling what it is. I'm sure they got their reasons. They're they're smarter than me. They know the game. They they get paid the big bucks to do this. I don't. I'm just a big fan. So you know, it is what it is. But I feel like if your defensive line coach wants to number one recruit in the country, you should probably take them. But hey, that's ain't my job. And it's just ain't crazy because after after that, right after they're like, oh, we're not going to take them. Uh, we've had three or four defensive linemen that we offered go to other schools, uh, yeah, even including that Caleb Banks guy that, you know, from Maryland that went to Florida. So I think uh, definitely Tennessee has to look in there. Mm-hmm. I think it's smart to being confident picking and choosing because you definitely, the two pickups you did get, I mean, they, they were smart in that. They got an NFL-ready tight end. They got an NFL-ready kicker. So I ain't going to judge it. I'm going to let them do the thing, man. But all in all, man, just, just kind of crazy going on. I think this kind of off season, like you said, it's, it's getting to a point where it's almost better than like the, the real shit, even though I went to every single home game, like it's like, it's different looking at your phone, looking for no, seeing a new thing pop up, seeing someone trending one way, but getting a call and being like, Oh no, let me hear this out. And even yeah. this, even the high school, man, like they were going, we're closing in on early signing day. We just saw an in-state prospect, maybe even one of the biggest, I would compare this. I would say this is a bigger, you know, scenario pickup or loss than the whole Walter Nolan thing. Like just in my opinion, coming down to the wire against Bama. Like I know a lot of people aren't going to like that, but I think, I think it truly was. And getting that recruiting win, man, like you didn't take no for an answer. And yeah, a lot of that has to do with, you know, help from our collective and getting that final number. But man, Josh Heupel, like you said, Arian Carter said, wasn't for Josh Heupel, you know, going full court press and making me a priority, like, man. So all in all, um, a lot to look forward to, a lot of names to, you know, look out for. And, man, just all in all crazy. Uh, Orange Bowl starts soon. Those guys will get two to three weeks of fresh practice. Mm -hmm. No telling how much, you know, work or reps these freshmen are going to get, but any valuable reps, man, I feel like that'll, you know, dive into because you got to realize this is Heupel's first real class or second real class, but his first like fully developed class. They can go in and, you know, establish these guys. And I've always said that Josh Heupel's system, yeah, we're going to have these players that we appreciate like Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt. But a lot of our guys are just, you know, chess pieces on a board of Heupel's system, man. And you're going to see this guy be able to do this for, I think, a long time of being able to go and put these guys in and establish them. And if he rebuilds his offense and can continue the recruiting on defense, you know, after all these departures and keep on going out there and putting on teams to go out eight and four, nine and three, ten and two every year, man, like th- this, you know, it's going to be successful, man. Well, I will say this. I think Josh Hybels put himself in a predicament that he loves to be in, but it's going to be hard to be in. You going oh, no, ten, bro. you going ten and two in your second year means you have to go ten and two or better every single year from here on out. That's how the fans look at it. That, that's how the fans yeah, look at it. Like, true. no, if you can go ten and two with a depleted roster, and then you can go ten and two, eleven and one, twelve and zero. This is your third recruiting class. Figure it out. That's how the fans are gonna see it. That's how Tennessee fans see it. That's how pretty much anyone will see it. This this Tennessee fan base is not patient at all. I'm not patient, but I'm also I'm also you know a little bit a little bit realistic. You know, realistically, sure. you know. Man, when they first hired Hype, I was like, this is going to take a three- to four-year rebuild, okay? So year two, boom, <laughs> he hits a, a growth spurt out of nowhere. You know what I mean? So year three, you got to build on it, man. You have to. 
you have to build on it, man. You have to go out there and find a way and win 10 or more games from here on out. That's hey, it's unfair. It's unrealistic at this point still with a depleted roster. But if you if you can do it with the roster that you had, you can do it with, you know, consecutive classes coming in. You just got to hey, like, keep recruiting and develop. <clears throat> hey, man. Obviously, I think I think more importantly, it starts with the classes. But now you have this tool with the transfer portal where you can go in and add these guys. And if mm-hmm. you can get production, man, like, which I think they're trying to do, there ain't no telling what's going to happen. Like you can, we saw freaking Brian Kelly go to the SEC championship in year one with a whole brand new LSU roster of guys that left after Edo left and all the, all the drafts picks they've had. So, I mean, everything's possible, man. I think obviously that's why I point back to this scheme and saying it's a chess match for Hypo because he's going to go out there and be able to scheme up against teams and like, like people haven't been able to stop the air raid and like at least for you know decades, I don't think they're going to be able to stop this up tempo hypo offense that he's modified anytime soon. I just I just don't think the game's there to keep up yet, even though you're seeing it be established a lot like everywhere else now. Well, see the thing is, man, people people always say, oh, it's just because of the scheme. It's just because of the scheme. That is not true. No, nah. because you have to have the players to go out there and go do it. Yes, Jalen Hyatt. There was plays set up for him to run right past people. But here's the thing. Everyone knew it was coming, and they still couldn't stop it. There's only one team that's – well, I'll say two teams. There's only two teams that stopped Jalen Hyatt from doing whatever the hell he wants to do all season, and that's Georgia and that's South Carolina. In the Georgia game, it was a monsoon. It was raining. Uh, um, he he pulled up early on one ball that hooked it through to him that if he keeps running, it's a touchdown. He hit that ref and he got fucked up too. Yeah, it's a it's a touchdown if Jalen Hyatt keeps running and he doesn't pull up. You can see it right there on TV. If you go rewatch the replay, he slowed up. <laughs> he had a he had a bomb for a touchdown against Georgia, but he slowed up. Could have been a difference in the game. Against South Carolina, I don't know what the hell happened, bro. I I oh, um, I don't even know, bro. I can't even speak. I don't know, man. That, that was know. just that was just a bad game, but everyone has them. It happens. No one's perfect. You're asking 18 to 23 to 24 year olds. Shout out Henry Hooker. <laughs> you're, you're asking these kids to be consistent every single day, every single Saturday playing football. Fools in the NFL, and well, I mean, they're more consistent, but they're not as consistent as you would think they would be to be professional players. You know, it's very hard to. Be age 18 to 21 and be extremely consistent every single week playing football, basketball, baseball, whatever the case may be. It's not easy to do. And hey, that's man. what is expected. Hey, man, then you go out there and ball like you Brock Purdy, man. You never know what's going to happen. So, hey. That's that true. That man's a dog. But hey. all in all, man, I, I definitely think you're going to have to, you know, look in the mirror and be like, all right, what do I got? And you're going to see what you got in Miami, but I just hope it's not too late at certain positions of guys that kind of have a thought in their mind of like what they want to do or if they want to wait out for a lot of positions. I just think a lot of this goes both ways, but if Tennessee can attack it the right way while maintaining what they got and build on top of that, that comes with a win. And I think a lot of people are kind of like, I think, with the more that people are looking at Clemson as a loss, I've been seeing so many takes ever since, you know, Hyatt and Tillman and Wright have all kind of declared and everyone's like selling their orange bowl tickets or, you know, you know, tapping out saying it was fun. We last. So this is an exhibition game. Blah, 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 blah. If we win this game and I think that, you know, not only lights City ignition and the fans going into next year, but the program in a whole man, like that's going to put a lot of these guys that are watching on December 30th at 8 PM on notice. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It is. It is. And, and that's the, that, that's another problem with, you know, people in this fan base, man. Like they just they're just writing the team off automatically simply because it's a couple of players opting out. Us, I mean, Cedric Tillman has partially played all season long. You still went ten and two. Okay. Jalen Hyatt, don't get me wrong, Jalen Hyatt has had an unbelievable season. He deserved he got the awards, he deserved, he got the recognition, he deserved everything. But here's one thing you have to remember for you schematic people. If it's the scheme that gets him open every single time. Someone else then is going to get open. Somebody see. else is going to get open. Meaning what? Squirrel White finna have a field day with that ass against Clemson. Because if you can't stay in front of Jalen High, you damn sure ain't stand in front of Squirrel White. So, hey man, good that's luck. what I'm trying to say, man. <laughs> good luck. Nah, for real. I, I think I think this is a game where like you know you're you're losing a lot of people, but you're seeing the next stars, mm. the next fan favorites, and like a lot of these same people that are you know this and the team are going to be at home watching and being like talking about names that they're going to talk about for like the next two or three years, you know, after seeing that Orange Bowl game and seeing, oh, can you replicate what he did in the Orange Bowl? I just hope that's, that's the factor for us. So obviously, uh, closing out what we have coming in, man, like 
in the operation of it, you know, not on the field, but the operation as a whole, health-wise, at an all-time high, Tennessee doing things the right way. Uh, you're seeing that today with a, a huge pickup, closing out right. Uh, does Tennessee get involved with more people? Do they have some, you know, some special splashes? Man, you still got Deshaun Bishop out there waiting to be evolved. So I think Tennessee might add to the running back room. But, man, like, it's just a bunch to kind of tap into. Uh, what, today's December 14th, 16 days away from game day at this time, literally at this time right now, probably the end of the first quarter in the Orange Bowl. Uh, Hard Rock Stadium, excited about that, making the trip out there, flying out. Gonna be a gonna be a super great one. Um, obviously, the whole ATV crew going out there. Not sure if my boy Rob, Robbie going. Uh, I was, home? man, but I, I gotta stay home for this one, bro, because literally the 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 very next day I'm flying to Illinois, so there's no Shit. way I'll be have, having a one year old. It's it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Miami to Illinois, back yeah. to Colorado. Yeah, it's just it's just not gonna happen. So. You know, I ain't able to, but I'll be down there for a basketball game in one of these next few weeks. We'll see if I'm going to go to. I could fly out there and see one of the games. No, for sure. Uh, baseball too. Oh yeah, baseball coming up too, man. You they know, actually sure. go to Omaha this time. I'll drive there. Like I was literally about to get in my truck and drive to Omaha, and then they lost to Notre Dame. I was like, great. Man, thanks. I think the uh, the preseason uh, rankings will come out here soon for baseball. I expect them to be in the top five, if not the number one team in the country, as they nah, should be. No, they won't be. be number one. They'll be number two. <laughs> number two? Yeah, they'll be number two. The elite Rob thing, or you just, you just got a feeling? I guarantee you they'll be number two, and LSU will be number one. LSU That'll is freaking loaded, bro. That's true. That's true. <laughs> LSU is loaded. They, they, see, they went crazy in the pool of the. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, and man. they got Tommy Tanks too, and they got that Air Force. Uh, that, that Air Force. Yeah, you know the crazy thing is he was a lock to Tennessee, but he got fucked. He wanted he he wanted to be a day one pitcher. It's like, bro, you're not about to start over Chase Dolander. He's he's basically the number one pick in the draft next year. You're not going to be a day one. You're not going to be a day two over Chase Burns, and you're probably ain't going to be day three over doggone Drew Bean. We want you at catcher because we need a catcher. And he's like, oh, well, I'm going to go to LSU. All right, then you do that. Boom, we get a catcher from, what was it, uh, Belmont or Liberty, wherever it was that he came from. And then he gets drafted and he signs. And it's like, bro, what was the point of you even committing to Tennessee if you knew you was going to sign with MLB the whole time? Like, come on. Man. So now Jerry Dickey is is, is that's my dog though. That's my dog. Jerry Dickey finally healthy revenge arc season for my boy Dickey. That's my yeah. dog. Yeah, um, one of the best hitters on the team, if not the best hitter. Just just pure hitter, not home run wise. Sure. We know who that is, but just as far as pure hitting, Jerry Dickey might be Berkey. the best. Team. Blake Berkey. Uh, nah, for sure, man. That, see, now I'm happy about baseball, man. How do, we didn't even, I don't even know how we got to the baseball topic, man. I was trying to close it this shop, but now I'm over here. <laughs> hey, we can close some, it. Hey, tripping. I'm ready to go watch some Tony Vaughn Teller highlights. Nah, but I think uh, Friday, if not Friday, but definitely next Wednesday, doing a doing a full show. Hopefully, everybody be in here. I promise, brand ain't split up. At least nothing bad has happened. Low moved into our new crib. Drew is in Costa Rica, kind of getting sick. You know, everything's going around. Everybody's sick, goddamn everybody's sick so drew getting rid of that and then alex he kind of made plans because I, I didn't tell him we were doing the show so me and rob taking care of business once again i know we got a lot to look forward to saturday huge game against arizona a lot to look out for that we might have a, a show the day before that game on friday this friday with the full crew so definitely check the twitter and look out for all that uh baseball's craziness i can't believe that's already around the corner and then with the football team man i know a lot to look forward to we're you know we're looking for a late path in December, which we haven't had a long time. So looking forward to that Orange Bowl. But also, also uh, Josh Hyper, how he's going to close and who he's going to bring in, man. Does he land Dante mm -hmm. Thor? Does he land a big-time splash in the portal? Uh, a lot of production out there. I definitely think that some people are going to listen, especially after what we did this year compared to last year. So a lot to look out for, uh, for that. Hopefully, 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 I'm going to do some talking behind the scenes. We're going to be seeing a lot more my boy uh, Rob here on the ATV show. So Definitely look out for that. Be me, Drew, Low, Rob, uh, Alex. Definitely try to look out for that. Or maybe just the full. We'll see. But we'll be back here soon. Uh, definitely expect. Going to go ahead and predict Tennessee basketball's win against Arizona. I'm going to say 75-68, uh, Rob. Have you lost your mind? <laughs> if Tennessee wins this game, I can promise you the score will be 60 to 55. That's what the score is going to be. You crazy if you think Tennessee finna score 75 and they finna give over, <laughs> up over 55 points. You just crazy. Uh, you kind of right, man. That's they, 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 they are going 35. 
Arizona will 100% have to hit 10 or more threes if they want to get past 55. Because if they drive the paint, they can just kiss that goodnight because it's not going to happen. You want to shoot threes all day? Okay, you're going to have to make threes because that's what Tennessee is going to force them to do. Force them to take threes. If you hit them, all right, then we switch it up. But realistically, you're not that consistent from behind a three-point line like that. Good team, great team, wonderful team. But we'll see. We'll see. Last Damn, year, man, one Rico thing, Walker, year one Rico Walker just committed to freaking Maryland, bro. What the frick? <laughs> Rico Walker from North Carolina? Year, but he wouldn't even take it in my so, I mean, let's, let's just be real. But, um, yeah, man. Uh, That's crazy. Tennessee is able to turn away players now. But I never <laughs> thought that was coming. Hey, but we got we got our man. We got my boy Carter turning away Alabama. And as uh, I guess you could say to recap that whole thing, the great Morgan Wallen said, uh, said the joke's on Alabama because you lost big this time. You you brought a whole uh, adult man coach to a Smyrna high school, and you still lost big. And we were told uh, thanks but no thanks by Arian Carter. So uh, definitely look forward to y'all meeting him for the next four years in Neyland and Brian Denny. That's going to be great. Uh, he ain't going to play four years. He'll be a three. He ain't going to play four years. See, Rob says Arian good. Carter, that dog. He that, got He's that dog. Too, bro, that – I I really think Arian Carter. Uh, you know, I'm just. I think this defensive class that they brought in. I think each and every last one of them, if they come in and do the right things and do the work the way that they're supposed to, the way that they say that they're going to, I think this defense has a really really good chance to be really really good in the next two to three years. And I think they can all go. I do. They bringing in some dogs, man. I I really see it. I ain't saying Kirby Smart style last year, but I can see a pretty good defense, man. I seen someone on Twitter earlier say that Rodney Garner was overrated. I was like, I bet. <laughs> I've literally never heard anyone. Say, he's a Georgia fan. He's like, I know because he used to be here at Georgia, and I've been a Georgia fan my whole life. And I'm like, bro, you just called a top three defensive lineman coach in the country. You just called him overrated. Bro, look at his resume. Look at his history. Look at all the first rounders he's he's produced, man. But hey, Georgia fans got it, man. They run they run college football right now, so whatever. I guess they always right. But it makes uh, hey, man, I don't care. Nothing's gonna ruin this part for me. We're going to fucking Miami. I'm going to Miami. I'm enjoying a nice five day vacation away from work, yeah. uh, having fun, getting on here live, talking about it. To, you know, to the people, obviously crazy breaking news. You know, Tennessee does not does the offseason like no one else does. So uh, be on the lookout, man. Make sure to hit the bell, turn on notification when we all go live, all the mm-hmm. live tweets for the day-to-day, game-by-game breakdowns. Uh, Rob, last comments before we end it off on here. Uh, go big damn Mars, man. That's about all I got to say, man. Let's, let's, let's go get these wins, man. Let's go get this dub against Arizona, man, because – they remember last year. <laughs> they remember. Man, the Rick Barnes story, any storytelling, man, it, it starts right now. We're, we're going, Rob. This is the year, damn it. Nah, let me, let me stop. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to end it off like that. Hey, man, Orange Bowl, though. I'm, I'm, I'm all <laughs> football, man. I don't care about no basketball right now. I'll watch it. That's my dog. But I'm, I'm, I'm rocking with the dogs right now. This is a man. special season. Went to every home game. Trying to end it off right. Uh, and, hey, man, Josh Heupel's going out here. And he's winning on and off the field, man. So a lot to look forward to, man. Uh, look out for a Friday's episode, if not Friday, back here next Wednesday. Uh, might have a guest, might not. So be on the lookout for that. Rob, it's been a pleasure tuning yes, in sir. for the last Likewise, two weeks, brother. brother. Hey, hit me up anytime, man. I'm here. I'm here, Yeah, man. man. Go back, Make sure to go follow my boy. I'm going to tag him in the below. Big shot, Rob44. Uh, true Vol. Vol Twitter legend. So. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Be uh, be on the lookout for all the news. And until next time, good night and go balls.